Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Boll, Director of Public Affairs. We have one week left in the legislative session here in Missouri, so we are going to catch up with B.J. Tanksley and see what is going on over at the state capitol. So let's get started. B.J. Tanksley is our Director of State Legislative Programs, and we just have a couple days left here before the end of the legislative session coming up at the end of next week. So there is a lot going on, of course, as the legislature winds down towards that drop-dead deadline. So, BJ, thank you for joining us. How have things been over there? Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a uh, it's been an exciting week um, this time of year. As you said, the drop-dead deadline is 6 p.m. next Friday. So everyone is kind of a mixture of excited about that but nervous because I think there's a lot of big issues still hanging out there. Um, a lot of things that both House and Senate leadership want to get done and everyone working at the Capitol has a few things they'd like to see either get wrapped up or get put away um, before we get to that deadline. So it was a fun week. We had a few late nights. Um but not as bad as the week before. So <laughs> it would be a lot. It would be hard to get much worse than it was the week before. It's hard to get past work until seven a.m. the next morning. But uh, but we tried to a couple times. But it was um it was a good week. Uh, a lot of good conversations. Kind of a slow start. But yeah. we had a we had a productive week. Well, speaking of that slow start, let's talk a little bit about that. The first few days of the session this week uh, had a lot of um, a lot of action, not much motion. Uh, yeah. What what happened there? Yeah, that's right. Um, so in the beginning of the week, in the Senate side, um, Senator. Hoskins brought his frustrations to the floor where he saw that the House Rules Committees were preventing movement of certain senators' bills. I think that uh, it's pretty easy to draw to the conclusion that that was probably a direct reaction to the Senate's inaction on prescription drug monitoring legislation. Mm -hmm. You know, that's been a priority of the House for for years. And there are several senators who who oppose that. And, And to be fair to them. They've always opposed that. Mm -hmm. That's not something new this year. But this year, the Senate hasn't had much action on those bills. Um, And in reaction to that, it does look like there was maybe some slowdown of those opponents' bills when they got over to the House side. Um, Senator Hoskins took that... um, took those feelings to the floor and let it be known that he he wasn't uh, he wasn't here to play games, that we all have positions, but those weren't the kinds of things he wanted to take part in, and therefore slowed down things in the Senate for at least Monday, kind of stopped things in the Senate. The next uh, day, things did shake loose um, and did get some motion, but it did give us off to kind of a slow start where everybody came in really excited, like, here we are, last two weeks, let's get some things going. Um, and, and we didn't get off to quite that kickstart that we would have thought because also this week was the um, the budget deadline. So it was one of those things where everybody knows there's some big action that has to happen at the end of the week. Um, so you want to see a fast start, and we didn't exactly see that this week. But in the end, we did see both sides kind of come to conclusions and see some of those bills start to shake out. Um, seem to, I, w- I wouldn't say everything's been worked out, but overcome some of the differences and were at least able to have a productive legislative week. Good. Yeah, it does seem like we did get a number of things off the plate or moving towards yeah. that place. So um, the the biggest one, I think, coming out of this week is, uh, as you mentioned, the deadline was for the budget, and they did get that worked out. Uh, what, what are the highlights there for us? Yeah. So uh, interestingly enough, if you would ask me at this time yesterday, if they were going to be still working today, the budget deadline is 6 p.m. on the Friday, on this Friday. So just a few hours from now, I really thought we were going to be right up to the deadline because the House and Senate were um, at odds over provisions relating to in-state tuition um, for immigrant children. And so they were at odds over that. And it looked like they were at a real impasse. 
Um, whereas of about sundown last night, where we finally came to the idea that um, some of the senators had decided because of the budget deadline and the need to continue to move forward, um, they were going to allow the budget to move forward. Because up until that point, it did look like we had two sides that both said, if this is in the bill, if this is in the budget, we're not going to allow it. And if this is not in the budget, we're not going to allow it. So um, statesmanship prevailed and we were able to see a budget uh, move forward. I would say our biggest highlight in the budget is by far um, the $5 million for broadband funding. Mm -hmm. um, that sounds like a big number in the broadband world. That's not a huge number, but it is an absolutely a great start um, for the broadband development fund. Um, that was passed last year. You know, we talked a lot about broadband and we helped get that bill passed last year without any funding. And we knew that was the case. Since then, we've seen the director of broadband and several steps taken forward. Um, and this money will go directly into that fund. I think I've probably said before, but we had thought at one point that the first appropriation would also go towards mapping. Well, Missouri is lucky enough to be one of the um, states the federal government is doing a, a, a mapping project here in the state of Missouri, so we won't have to take on those all to ourselves. Um, so this whole $5 million will actually go towards that development fund. Which and, means, and what does that fund do? Really? Yeah. Yeah, so it will actually, it can't fund more than 50% of a project, mm -hmm. which means this will spur at least $10 million in broadband investment, um, and probably more than that. There's a whole scoring metrics, but this works to let broadband providers um, get a little incentive to go into unserved and then underserved areas of the state. So areas that don't currently have broadband, we've all heard, you know, sometimes it's just not economically feasible to serve certain um, areas the state. Oftentimes, as we know, those are the less populated areas. That's the that's rural Missouri. Um, and so this will um, help incentivize people to go in that direction. It also has some pretty strong protections. If I'm company A and, and I say, hey, I plan to serve that area within the next you know, few years, then I can actually prevent overbuilding. You know, we didn't want the government to be um, subsidizing going into areas that somebody already was going to. Um, but on the other hand, we know that without some of these pushes and helps, certain areas of the state will never be funded uh, or will never have that high-speed internet that our urban neighbors have. Um, we've talked long and hard about the, the drawbacks of not having broadband, but we all know that if you got to go to McDonald's to do your homework, um, that's probably not the pro most productive. Um, and as we always say, this isn't necessarily about Netflix and Facebook for our members, but it's about being able to have a business and, and live the lifestyle you want um, in other areas of the state. So. Yeah, and I just saw something recently that said that somewhere around 90% of small businesses and part-time businesses rely on the internet and, and require it to uh, be able to operate. And that's that's really becoming a necessity anymore to compete in today's digital world. Yeah, no doubt. And, and that's what I, I told a lot of um, elected officials when we were talking about the fund was, hey, in today's world with the internet, you can run a business from anywhere. You don't have to be on Wall Street to have an effect on Wall Street. You know, today you can communicate, and as long as you can ship and communicate from anywhere, you can pretty much do whatever you want from anywhere. But without the internet, there's not a lot you can do. That's right. Because that's a major drawback. So. Absolutely. And it's almost, if it's almost impossible to do small business, it's uh, just about certainly impossible to draw in a large business yeah. without that access. So uh, trying to recruit businesses to an area uh, industry, manufacturing, those type of things is almost an absolute n no way to do 
that without uh, broadband access. So this is a good step yeah, in the right direction. And now on that budget, uh, has the governor said what he's going to do with it? Um, so the budget will be sent to him. He will have the opportunity to consider it and then pass it. Typically, the budget, uh, sometimes it gets taken up by line item and issues like that when we see revenues coming in. Um, but other than that, you, we, wouldn't, we shouldn't expect any major changes that way. Uh, most of those are done as revenues come in to make up for shortfalls. It's my understanding that in the last few weeks, we have seen the revenue upticks that the department and the projectors thought we would. You know, um, coming into session, we were at a real fear that, hey, revenues are way below what we projected. And, and we were told by the experts, you know, just hold tight. These things will level themselves out because mm-hmm. of the tax tables and some of the federal changes. We were expecting to see that balance out. Um, and luckily we have. We're actually seeing them, I think the last time I heard was right at projection or even above. And, and so that's good news that, that what has been appropriated um, will possibly stand as much as possible. So we're Great. excited about that. Very good. Well, the last week of session that's going to be coming up uh, starting on Monday, we have a couple of big initiatives that we're still waiting to try to get closed out. Uh, let's start off by uh, talking about where we stand on Senate Bill 391. Yeah, we had a big week this last week on Senate Bill 391. You know, just a couple weeks ago, we had it with the filibuster and then passed the Senate. And then this week, we actually got it into the House, and we had a very positive House hearing in the House Agriculture Committee. You know, obviously, that's the first step. It's got to go through the whole process. Um Tuesday afternoon, we packed out the House for the House Ag Committee. We had agriculture advocates um, from all across the state come in and talk about why this mattered to them. President Hurst was there and testified on behalf of Missouri Farm Bureau. And I think the, the most telling thing that he talked about was that these, agricult- these animal agriculture operations oftentimes are the bridge for young people to be able to get involved. You don't have to have thousands of acres in order to be able to ha- make a living if you're able to do it in a scientifically safe way, but in a concentrated way. Mm-hmm. And so we talked a lot about that and, and talked about the impact and the positive impact these can have for rural families and rural uh, areas. You know, these places, they host jobs. You know, it's not just one person. It's oftentimes needing help to run these operations. Uh, we talked a lot about the fact that we are for safe and environmentally safe operations, but that we want to consider consistent regulations. And we had a very positive hearing. You know, obviously the other side came out a little bit, but I think we had them strongly outnumbered. The meet, the hearing went for a little over two hours. And um, unfortunately, Representative Roan, there was a host of people still ready to testify in favor of the bill. And he said, guys, we've gone as long as we can allow it to go. We've got to move on. And they moved straight to a vote and voted the bill due pass. So we were excited to see that get done. Um, we had to we had to tell several of our friends that were waiting to testify, hey, sorry, you didn't get a chance. But they weren't let down one bit because they were excited to see that the House was wasting no time moving this bill forward. Um, since um, passing the House Ag Committee, it's gone through the rules process and been passed from there. And now it sits on the House calendar and awaits floor debate. And we would expect that to come early in next week um, where we expect uh, hope for clean passage. We don't need to see any amendments to this bill. We hope not to have to take it back to the Senate, but for the House to take it up and pass it and then let this thing go straight to the governor's desk. We are very excited about that. Um, This will be a major accomplishment. You know, um, this has been a conversation around agriculture for 20 plus years where we've been talking about um, individual ordinances that typically are going after one operation um, that they don't want to see come to their area and trying to make sure that the state continues to be uh, ruled by consistent science-based regulation. 
population. So we had a major step forward in that. Um, be on the lookout. We'll probably be talking a lot about that um, next week, but we expect debate early and hope to see it pass and, and continue its fast action. So Yeah. So is this going to get passed or is it going to get held up with politics? Well, you never know in the last two weeks. That's about the most dangerous thing to ask. You're the one that shared the article today about experts being bad predictors. That's right. So. I just read that. I think it was in The Atlantic this week. I saw that. The, there's some study saying that the more someone knows about something, the worse they are at predicting the future about it. So, yeah, so maybe I, I should ask myself instead of you. So it may be dangerous to ask that question. But but if you had to ask me, I'd say, yes, we're, we're going to achieve passage. We do have strong support in the House. I, uh-huh. I don't say that because I jumped to conclusions, but, but because we have have strong support in the House. House leadership has come out in favor of it. And and we've visited with members around the Capitol. And honestly, to truth be known, the, 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 the credit goes out to our members. We've literally had hundreds of members come to the Capitol this year. And this is one of the main topics of conversation they've taken up. Um, and they've really impressed on, on our legislators that we are family farmers. We're not the boogeyman, corporate agriculture, we're the ones asking for this change um, and, and really putting a face to the issue. And mm-hmm. a lot of the credit goes out to them, but I do expect uh, us to achieve success here in the next week. Great. Yeah. Uh, the other big item that we still have outstanding um, and one that we've seen a little bit of good, a little bit of bad uh, movement on in the past few days is House Bill 1062. So what do you see that one looking like? Yeah, so uh, for everybody that doesn't know, House Bill 1062 is the um, property rights language uh, talking about the use of eminent domain for merchant transmission lines. Uh, We saw kind of mixed results this week on House Bill 1062. First of all, we started out with a great success. Uh, It was heard in the Senate Commerce Committee last week, and Monday um, it passed. It was a very close vote. We worked hard to get to that vote, but it did pass by 6 to 5 out of the Commerce Committee and has since then has been reported to pass and is on the Senate calendar for floor debate. So in... In theory, at any time, the Senate could take up 1062 as a standalone bill and address it. Um, But at the same time, um, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, the House added the language of 1062 to a Senate bill and passed it, sent it to the Senate, and that allowed the Senate to have their first chance to debate this property rights language. And really, to nobody's surprise, there was a handful of senators, a small handful of senators, who stood up pretty quickly to block the language. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, not everybody sees this issue the way we do. Um, They think that the benefits of letting an out-of-state wind-generated power company drop a little bit of power here to deliver power along the way to the east um, is enough um, to justify the taking of land. Um, and, and we don't believe that. Um, and they quickly turned from their arguments about the actual issue to talking about other things, which is not unusual. And we saw those small group of senators um, prevent the bill from moving forward. They talked for about three hours before eventually um, eventually the bill was, was a different motion was made ultimately um, to let senators go to conference where they can consider the differences on the bill. For all intents and purposes, that was saying we're not comfortable with the 1062 stuff. Take up the rest of the bill and we'll move that forward. There are still opportunities. Uh, Missouri Farm Bureau and the other property rights advocates continue to to push for those. Uh, we do have um, support in, in very important places and we're working with them to look for opportunities. 
I would say if I were to guess, we'll hopefully get one more shot mm-hmm. um, as we look towards this last week. And that's what we'll ask everybody to give us is, hey, give us one more chance on this. It is a vital issue, especially to those people along the line. Um, I think one of the things that's most important that I hope everybody understands is we don't stand up against all uses of eminent domain. Mm-hmm. You know, when they worked on... Um, different interstates across the state. You know, nobody likes their land being taken, but you understand it actually is serving a greater good. You understand that, but you also get to take advantage of that. You know, um, if an interstate goes through, you drive on that interstate, Mm -hmm. which means hopefully you're getting to and from safer and faster than you were before. For the people being asked to host this line, they are not seeing any of the benefit of this line. They can't even plug into the energy of this line. Um, Those people, the, the producers of the line have made contracts with some municipalities around the state, but none of those municipalities will even see the line. Mm -hmm. So those being asked are are being asked to give up a lot. They're not being offered much. We're not necessarily against the line. We're just saying, hey, come in and and, um, negotiate a free market deal with this. Mm -hmm. You know, the the structures that these things are going to put in place are not all that different from wind turbines that we see across northern Missouri. And those people that host those are pretty happy to have them. The difference that will happen if this company has the power of eminent domain is they will have that as a hammer in their back pocket, where if they come to you as a landowner and say, hey, this is my offer for an easement over a couple hundred acres of your land and the taking of a few acres, then you know you either take that or they're going to give you the eminent domain offer, which is rock bottom price. And so that's what we're standing up against. We think that the property rights of people should not be for sale for a for-profit company looking to serve um, generally people far outside of this state. So we'll continue to advocate for that. Um, there are more opportunities. Mm-hmm. The truth is there are several bills out there that this language is included on. We would love to see the individual language of 1062 taken up and passed. And if not, we'll continue to look for opportunities. The the challenge we face, and I'm being 100 percent honest here, is we have, you know, five days of session left. The hours get limited. There are major um, uh, priorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some other things outside of agriculture that are still on the plate, too. That's right? exactly right. That's what I was going to say. There are major priorities still standing out there. There's tough conversations that were had this week talking about abortion. Mm-hmm. There was tough conversations talking about tort reform and redistricting and initiative petition reform. There are major issues that have not been settled just yet. Mm-hmm. And I, I go without saying the main one that talk, took a lot of time last night is talking about incentives for General Motors to expand mm-hmm. in the state of Missouri. That's another conversation that's going to take a lot of hours. And this time of year, the tough part comes to how much time do we have left. Um, so we'll continue to look for that. We'll continue to ask for a little bit of time um, and, and continue to advocate for property rights because we know to our members that's the number one thing. It really is. It comes down to who. And it's kind of like I heard a senator say today when looking at this issue was, if you don't have control over who you buy and sell your land to and from, then what control do you really have? Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important thing to point out. So um, we'll continue to push for that. And I do think there are some opportunities um, and, and we'll be looking for strong support from both sides. Well, good. I appreciate yeah. all your uh, work on these issues. We will uh, keep up to date with what you're doing uh, and and watch our email inboxes for those action alerts that are probably going to be coming out over the next few days. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. I, I would, I would again, just like I did last time, thank all of our members who've taken an active role in what we're doing. The truth is we have the opportunity to achieve some really great things, and this would not happen if it wasn't for the grassroots nature of our members and everyone across Missouri. If you have the chance, go to the Action Center 
Center on the MOFB.org website. Take action on these issues. Let your elected officials know how you feel about them. Ask them to give us a little time on the Senate floor or support us on 391 when it comes to the House. We've got several issues out there, but uh, looking forward to finishing success of what has been a very successful session um, with a couple of big wins here this last week. Very good. Look forward to circling back with you once this is all done. See where we ended up. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. Appreciate all right. It. Thanks, BJ. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to get your name on the list for those action alerts that BJ talked about, go to our website at mofb.org and click on the Action Center to enter your email. It only takes about a minute to do, and then you can contact your legislators over the next week as we wind down towards the end of the legislative session on Friday. Thank you again for joining us, and we will talk to you next week.